Okay. Okay. So, All right. should we find a paradise? Yeah, wow, perfectly an hour in. This is great. We can recommend people. And like, her, like, yeah, 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 we'll just do like a 10-minute Elden Ring Corner every week. I didn't say yeah. that. Yeah. I didn't say that. I don't, I didn't say you said that. I said we said that. Oh, interesting. The collective hive mind that is the tyranny of thumbs. We said that? I think so. Should we hold ourselves to that? I don't think so. No. I think we just set a corner. And I think... We I, all interpreted anyway. corner differently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In this case, it's a like corner, a, it's a, a bookend. <laughs> whole a section. Whole podcast part one. Dude, I was... The episode title is going to be Elden Ring slash Finding Paradise. <laughs> yeah, know? that's what I always think. Two games about. that totally go together. Yeah. Well, it's funny because <laughs> I was watching fucking, well, I was listening to Drop Frames and they were like, it's, it was apparently like the third or fourth week they had talked about Elden Ring or something and like they started talking about it and one guy was like, no, don't do it. <laughs> like, every podcast can't be Elden Ring. And I was like, can it not be? Like, <laughs> it can be. Though. Every podcast in our neck of the woods is Elden Ring. I don't know if it's for the better, but it yeah, just is. Yeah, fuck you, Dropped Frames. Yeah, fuck yeah. you, Dropped Frames. <laughs> That's All right. I did, I watched, I listened to like three episodes on the plane of Dropped Frames and all I wanted them to do was talk about the fact that Twitch has fucking ads in the middle of your stream where they like shrink your full screen stream to fit like an ad down at the bottom. Like the banner? The banner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's dumb. You know what I mean? They shrink it. Mm-hmm. Like actively, like it's not just like they put a banner on top of your stream like it was like a YouTube video or something or it was like, you know, early internet. It's like literally like, yeah. And I was like, I just want someone who knows more about this to complain into the microphone so I can listen on my plane ride. And I couldn't fucking find uh, anyone dude, complaining about I don't, that. I don't watch Twitch anymore. It, the viewing experience because of the ads is so atrociously bad that um, I just don't care. I'll just watch shit on YouTube if it exists, like as a as a VOD later. I was going to say, like, I think I find it very hard to watch anything on Twitch if I'm not subscribed to that person yeah. and therefore, like, don't get the ads. Right. But I also am not subscribed to many people. So, yeah, like... I, I mean, that's how I watch my Valorant is through YouTube now. I yeah. refuse to watch Valorant VODs through Twitch. It's oh, ridiculous. it's atrocious. Yeah, it's the so VODs bad. are terrible. But even the live experience is like, it's okay. On I Twitch? Mean, yeah, because yeah, YouTube it's better live on streaming, YouTube. you can right. rewind. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. You can pause and rewind. Twitch, it's like you pause it and then you play it. And they're like, oh, do you want us to jump ahead to live? Oh, did you want us to play another ad? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I yep, so. hear all that. It's, it's, it's sad, man. It's like, uh, they've just, they've got a really, really strong foothold or like whatever, or like stranglehold on like the live streaming. And they've got all the content creators and stuff or a lot of them at least. And it's like, businesses always just do this. They, 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 I think they have like a very reasonable, respectful product so that they can take over the world with it. And the second they have control, they just like slowly just, Destroy I don't know. It. Yeah. Well, I think, like, to give some context in, like, why this happens in the current economic models for these companies is because the way this works is they're actually operating at a loss for quite a long time as they're building up their niche. And so the reason that they can do that is because they're trying to demonstrate to investors that they have future profit potential. And so at some point they have to pay those bills essentially Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. make a switch to ads everywhere and so in terms of the user experience you end up with like cycles of somebody new tries to displace this and 
is operating on the same model and so they can provide a lot for free um meanwhile the established people are like well we don't really operate in this manner anymore so yeah yeah, yeah but it's, it, no totally but it's what's sad is that it's like it's like it, what they're selling to these investors is like we are creating this this cash cow that's at a loss right now and we're just waiting for the right time for all of us to kill this cow and drink its blood <laughs> essentially like <laughs> at the same time for money yeah. and it's fucked yeah. man because i'm just like I yo um i like this cow it has some people that i like like day nine on it like <laughs> it's just like you know what i mean like please don't kill it um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah but it's just i don't know i don't think it has to be that way it definitely oh, of course it does that but, way mm-hmm. a lot. i mean it's but just like, this is the model that has been winning mm-hmm. oh yeah. yeah oh totally well like i mean my company for example for example like we're having conversations about like you know like what essentially like what can you do for cheaper right and i'm basically trying to make the case of like you know these are the things you can do for cheaper but i do think they hurt you in the long run and i don't think it's a smart decision if you have long-term faith in the company right and then they're like yeah but it's cheaper and i'm like oh god I don't want to see where this is going to go. You know what I mean? Cause like, that's just like a really sad way. But if you're, if you're, if you're forced, you're forced. If you don't, if you yeah. don't have the money to invest long-term, then you don't have the money to invest long-term. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know what game we didn't watch someone play on Twitch this week? Finding Paradise. <laughs> Unless you're James. Third time's the charm. Or something, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so the whole reason why we like start off these whole things with an hour-long Elden Ring segment and we also talk about Twitch streaming is because games like Finding Paradise and To the Moon, I mean, they're they're short and sweet. And so like... Are they sweet, Zoe? Are they sweet? <laughs> it depends on what your definition of sweet is. Yeah. Sentimental? Maybe. I thought it was sweet. Emotionally <laughs> devastating. <laughs> yeah. Dude, so this this is a this is uncharted territory. So like unlike the unlike last podcast where you know some of us had played to the moon before, it was Raphael's first foray into the series. Um, Finding Paradise is the second installment um, of this trilogy, or I guess of this series, really, because. Um, I guess there there is um I don't know if anyone played the minisodes, the Sigmund Corp minisodes that I think pop up when you launch to the moon. Mm-hmm. Um like you have options to play certain games, but they have these like cute little twenty to thirty minute minisodes that you can play. But it's so it's kind of the Sigmund Corp series is what they call it. But yeah, this is Finding Paradise. Um, which once again follows Similarly, along the premise of To the Moon, which is just you're following Eva and Neil again, these two memory experts, as they help yet another client. Um, Except this time, this client we actually know before because we played his prequel of uh, Bird Story uh, with Colin. I feel like I need to make uh, an announcement that... um, I had a health issue this week where I could not play video games. My hands all fucked up. Um, so I couldn't finish the game. I, I got like three hours in and it seems to be a five to six hour game. Um, so a lot of what you guys talk about will be new to me. I think James, I got you. I got you. I got you. Poignant sadness. Just to picture it. That's where it's going. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I could kind of tell that from the first three hours. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the buildup is, is great. It is very long, though. It is a very long buildup. But I think that, you it know, is. as in dubstep, the longer the buildup, the harder <laughs> it is. <laughs> well, so, so I actually wanted to pose this because actually... On the contrary, I think because we played To the Moon and Finding Paradise in such quick succession to one another, um, I found myself getting more impatient with how drawn out the story was um, compared Mm. to To the Moon. And I don't Mm. know if that's because of... um, So, like, unlike To the Moon, where you start out at the client's old age and then you go backwards... This one works in uh, you know, more of a, a spiral. So he's old age, then you go back to his earliest memory, then you go back to his second oldest memory, then his second youngest. And it kind of, it's all divulging into this one fixed point. Um, and I don't know, for some reason, that sort of narrative that was going forwards and backwards at such a constant pace... Um, I think I just felt more impatient about figuring out what was in the center of that timeline. Hmm. And I found myself kind of race, not racing through the story per se. Like I was still reading it and enjoying it, but I was definitely feeling more antsy to get to that point than say with to the moon where it was kind of like, they often left this like trail of bread breadcrumbs of, little story tidbits here and there that had somewhat quick resolutions, but it always had something to follow in a way. And I don't know, like, uh, so like, I don't know, McCoy and Elena, did you guys feel the same way with that story? Well, so, I mean, worth, worth while context is that at least I, I mean, I'm pretty sure you didn't do this either, Elena. I'm pretty sure I could speak for you on this, but I did not like replay to the moon last week. Um, what if I had just stayed up I know, like, right? one night late at That's night? What I was thinking. I was no, like, I did not. I'm pretty sure I can speak for this, but I can't really, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like, I didn't have that exact contrast. And like this week to me felt like, holy crap, okay, now I really know what's going on with these mm-hmm. series again. Like, okay, it's all coming back to me. Like I had tried to refresh myself from the previous, like sort of as like an exercise of like, can I do this? And like, no. <laughs> I can't really. Um, yeah. So, like, what, did it feel that way? I wouldn't necessarily say that. I felt like what they were trying to do this time was they were trying to, like, have, like, a lot of, um, like, variety and, like, a lot of, like, quick quick hits, like, that sold that, that modern, you know, just, like, bite-size gameplay going on in the middle. Um, but I could, I could see, though, if you're just like, all right, I know your formula. Get to your formula. It, it feeling that way um because definitely they're they're doing their formula here and it is a very powerful formula and one that say maybe people enjoy i'm not saying there's anything bad about it but they're definitely doing it and so if you're you're seeing that i could see being like yo hit me with the hit me with the end game shit bro (laughs) so i feel like i had the opposite effect which is that like i knew because i knew that a twist was coming at some point it i was more okay with actually absorbing the content leading up to it Hmm. Whereas in To the Moon, like, I was like, are we just going to, like, keep repeating this? Right. Like, mm-hmm. step backwards, uh, find all the orbs, step backwards again. Uh, so, and I think in part it was actually, like, the structure of it bouncing back and forth. It was a bit more engaging in terms of, like, mm-hmm. there's two separate stories and you're trying to figure out, like, well, like, how do these even meet up? Yeah. 
Mm. I agree. I liked that part of it. I liked the bouncing back and forth and the kind of like piecing things together aspect of this game. Um, Like Mm -hmm. I found the kind of core story of this, like the intrigue of like, what is this vortex? Like what is this? Because McCoy is right. Like you, you know, with these games, like there's going to be right. Start sad. Someone's dying. Then there's like lots of kind of more like melancholy or even like happy like memories as you're bouncing back and forth trying to figure things out but you know that like vortex moment that they keep talking about or the when it all comes together you know it's gonna be like uh, it's gonna hit like it's going to attempt to hit you with the feelings and with like a big reveal and so you know it's coming um so i like i understand that part of like the formula but I, I liked the kind of like the core story of this and trying to figure out what was happening and trying to figure out what was going on. And I enjoyed the bouncing back and forth um, aspect of that. I thought it was a little bit less clear cut, I guess. Not that To the Moon was super clear cut because that still had a really great big reveal when you realize like what it is he actually wished for. Um, but I, I liked that part of this. You were kind of like you just you didn't know. And at some point McCoy and I kind of figure out what we thought was going on. And we we're like, oh fuck, I'm pretty sure she, spoilers, isn't real. Um, but we got to that, like, it wasn't like we got to that, like, way before the reveal or um, anything. Well, I, hold I, on, liked, hold I thought on. it was fun. Because actually, like, I would say, actually, like, we did get there a lot before the reveal. But I only say that to because, like, I actually don't think, how do I say this? It's like, I don't think it really was a twist exactly or intended to be so. I think... Like, I see, like, the first half to even, like, three-fourths of this mm-hmm. game as really to be, like, almost, like, misdirection, like, emotional misdirection in a way. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's 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 really, like, because, like, they even joke about it when they talk about the twist, you know? Like, because you're sitting there going, like, I don't think she's real. And then, like, they just hint at it, like, 900 more times, getting more and more and more and more and more and more, and more obvious. And you're well, like, yeah. fucking hell, that's dude. That's very much the style of the game. I think that's their style of humor, almost. I think it they is. were making that funny. But I well, think... and also you spend a lot of the process, like, collecting his regrets. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is another misdirection. But totally. Yeah, I think, all, but I think all that misdirection is, like, the intrigue and the, the that's leading up to the big reveal, right? They're trying to misdirect you to thinking, like, oh, fuck, this might be a story about a guy who's, like, ha- somewhat happily married, but, like, wants this, this, like, childhood friend girl. Like, that was his real love story. Um, or all he- here are all his other regrets. And I think that's all misdirection to, like, what actually is going on. Right. Totally. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing with oh, you. Oh, sorry. I thought you were disagreeing with me. You're wrong. Okay. Um, well, no, but... <laughs> moving on. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just saying that, like, actually, like, I saw, it, it, I, I want to say, like, it's it's not only intellectual misdirection, but it's, like, emotional misdirection. Because this game really wants to, like, it wants to set you up for its conclusion. Do you know what I'm saying? And it kind of does so at all costs. And that that's why, like, you know, okay, when I first started playing this game, and we saw, like, you know, fucking Neil at his fucking ways again, you know, Dr. Watts or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was, like, I was instantly propelled back to where I was when I gave to the moon one thumb. Because <laughs> I was, like, this is cringy bullshit. Like, this fucking sucks. Like, really? Like, I was, like, actually so offended. For the first, like, I don't know, hour, I was, like, this is actually terrible. They're taking such a beautiful, like like, premise and story that could really only be told in this world that they've created here. Like, this is a really interesting, like, narrative structure they've created about, like, going back and, you know, altering memories to, like, mm-hmm. potentially, like, fix regrets and stuff. It's just such a cool thing. 
And I'm like, you know, and especially because they have this like multi game and, you know, they have a series going. They have so many other things that they have at their advantage. And then they just have these characters that fucking suck, like actively in the middle, for me at least, right? Mm -hmm. But then they pretty much phase that out. There's little bits here and there of the characters being themselves, but it's way far from where it was originally, which is center stage. They take them way into the background. So you're saying like the final boss battles that you had to do with, uh, <laughs> that was way too tuned down for you? Because as mm -hmm. I was playing that, I was like, McCoy's going to fucking hate this. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Wait, can we like, for the guests, the, so there's this big like culminating moment, right? And then you, you essentially, you boss battle this imaginary friend that's in. Faye. Yeah who who's in this dying guy's mind and you do it in like trolley pixel art classic video game style ways there's like a shooter like a shooter scroller kind of mm -hmm. one and then there's a fighting game scene that you do there's like a pokemon battle at one point mm -hmm. so it's just like trolley fuck? old school video game stuff that you do in the middle of this like emotional what is like you know like the big climax kind of or like big reveal yeah. So did you hate that, McCoy? I don't, you know, I don't know. It's like that to me felt like their formula again. It, it felt like the battle scene with the squirrel from To the Moon. You know what I mean? It's just like super, it's like super troll like references to video games and stuff. And it's supposed to be like, I guess I just saw so much more the like narrative mechanisms and misdirection that they're trying to go for in terms of like, they are doing all of this to attempt to keep this light enough to get to a place where they can just go hard. Mm -hmm. And like, and I don't know, like it, it definitely didn't like, like the beginning fucking drove me insane. But that part, I don't know. I, I should be mad. You're right. What the hell? David? I thought they were fun. <laughs> yeah, it was fine. I mean, I, yeah. I liked them. Yeah, I, I definitely, when we were playing, I was like, Raphael's going to fucking love this part. <laughs> <laughs> this seems right up his alley. Also, there's a part when Eva, Dr. Eva, that's her name, right? Yeah. Yeah, Eva. Re reveals herself to be a figment of, of Raphael uh, Wait, what? at the zoo when she just goes oh. off and stares at the, yeah. at the the aquarium. When she just goes jellyfish. off and stares oh. at the jellyfish and like forces her coworker to go do all the work for like 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. There was a reference. <laughs> He's like, you want to come along? And she's like, no, you go ahead. Yeah. What's the line? I'm it's like, look at the jellyfish. You just think about like a phase. It was like, first of all, not a phase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, like, do, but do you guys know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like, dude, this beginning of this game was so fucking cringe, and then I feel like it kind of really dialed that back. Okay, I agree with you, but I also played the game with you, so I feel like frequently we, like, sound... Mind meld a bit, No, yeah. what's, like, sound chamber? Like, echo, we echo chamber yeah. to the point where we right. have the same experience because we are literally in the same room playing Well, because it. I'm literally sitting here being like, fuck, this is so cringe! And then you're like, wow, I noticed that he stopped shouting that it was cringe. Yeah, but I'm, <laughs> I am curious if other people found, like, the same... Because I, I did think that... Either that either the rest of the story picked up enough that we stopped noticing it, or they actually did tone down kind of like the 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 cringy jokes. Zoe they and Raphael like, I, I feel, and James, did you guys? I feel like experience that. Yeah, it's it's like in a way, it's that's almost like also what the game formula is because right. like I, I do think as well like before you actually go down into the memories, all this establishing. Um, I feel like has a lot of those moments. I I think it, it did slightly like 
it, it didn't like turn me off to the game, but it was just kind of eye roll worthy, I guess. Like you go into this park and there's these two kids fighting and you like punt this girl's toy mm -hmm. into the lake and they're crying and one girl's mm -hmm. named Potato for a random reason and like <laughs> You didn't name her sister Potato, random... did you? That's ridiculous. Yeah. I named no, her Spud. We named her Spud. Yeah. And you're just like, excuse me? Which, great dog name, guys. Spud. Spud. Oh, jeez. That's a good one. It, yeah. No, mm -hmm. but I, but I, dude, so I totally agree. Like, it's, it's part of the, like, formula here and I think that's what really like Adam was trying to reference all the way in the beginning. And I, I totally agree with it still. It's it's weird to see. I felt like I could really see the gears like grinding here. And I don't think that was necessarily to a detriment in any way. Like, but I just, mm -hmm. I just knew that's what they're trying to do here. And as they slowly tune that back, I was like, okay, we are, right. we are going, you know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. like a slide or something that's starting to like accelerate and just. Right. Yeah. Cause like you said, it, it, a lot of these story beats are quite emotionally taxing and devastating at times. And I feel like they need to have that sort of lighthearted thing just to not have it be such a, like a, a funeral train the whole way through. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that being said, like, I feel like, you know, once they're in the memories, there's still kind of those, those gaffes and those jokes. And I, I don't know, for whatever reason, whenever uh, Neil screams at Eva like Eva what the fuck like I I love that I think it's always so great like the way that she like jokes with him or like makes fun of Neil like within the memory space um and even those like little those little tiny mini games like I I like those just as much as well and how they just kind of like mess around in their own clients memories as they're trying to solve something um and yeah but it you're right. It's because it all just kind of culminates into something where, like, suddenly neither Eva nor Neil is joking, and it's not a joking matter anymore, and it's very serious, and it's very sad, and there's piano music, and oh god, the piano music looks. Oh, no, it's a cello. <laughs> it's component. so much cello. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it kind of, like because the reason why I've described this story as like a spiral is because they they visually show it to you in the game, and mm -hmm. I actually think like kind of the to the moon, you know, finding paradise whatever the series name. Do you know what the series name is? Is there a name for the series? It's just the Sigmund Corp series. The Sigmund Corp series. That's what it's called. Wow. Yeah. Forgettable. Um, <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, but like, but the, but it feels like those types of games actually have that kind of spirally formula. And so it's like, I feel like when you feel it start to like make these really fast turns, because it starts out slow, these big circles, and then it's just like smaller and smaller and smaller circles that are faster and faster and faster. And all of a sudden you're like turning faster and faster and faster. And you can just feel like the point that they're like going towards is also in Colin's memories. Yes, but it's really the overarching narrative of this game going towards the really heavy hitting conclusion. Like past his memories mm -hmm. exactly and into just the game. So it's like, yeah, yeah, you can feel that. And it's a, it's a good formula. It's a, dev it's a devastating formula. Did you guys feel like playing well, a bird story before this kind of helped you like connect with Colin's story a little bit more? I, I was often curious because as I was playing, you know, because we played a bird story, um, you know, the context behind his parents always being God and the loneliness he felt like I think they did a decent job in the game of like showing that loneliness. But I mean, often in these flashback scenes in Finding Paradise, you know, Faye is there and it takes a, it takes a while for you to realize that Faye is a figment of imagination. Mm -hmm. um, and so did you guys feel like the context of a bird story really 
like helped with that in a way or did you kind of find those stories to be rather separate from one another because i think this takes place like the memories start after the bird yeah situation yeah, yeah they reference it like very briefly he talks to Faye about it at one point it like one of the very early memories I mean, I guess I thought that this game was, like, very much would stand alone, that you didn't need a bird story to, like, understand the story or get the vibe with Colin. Like, I don't think you you need, you know, if you had skipped a bird story, I don't think it was a big deal. Um, but I did think it added. I think, like, at one point, too, and it, especially at the, the very end, sort of, when he's actually saying goodbye to Faye and she, like, sprouts those wings. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh fuck, she's like the fucking bird. Um, so I think, I think that they work together. I don't think that bird story was necessary to this game. I think they work together. I, I like. So we're we're, gonna, we're entering into a totally different space here. This is like artsy game territory. This is like emotional art piece territory. In which case, like, your actual enjoyment level is not the metric. It's not the only metric. Let's put it that way. So, like, I feel like this game is totally justified in saying, like, and they would never say it this way because they're too kind, but, like, go fuck yourself. Play that other game. It's added to this. Like, I'm totally fine with that, personally. They're not, they didn't do that. It's not necessary. This but, like, game made me want to downgrade my rating of a bird story to a meh. Because this one was so much better? Or, like, what's the... Yeah. 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 I mean... I was I like, think... oh, yeah, good storytelling. That's what this is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I didn't enjoy a bird story much either. Uh, I think it gave like a little bit of context in this, but I don't think it really added much to my experience. Mm-hmm. Like the, the context was mainly like around when you see the parent's side for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that was about yeah, it. I guess that and then as Come well on. as like when Neil finds the books with blank pages in them that have been ripped out and put back in a lot and he's wondering what it is like you as the player if you've played a bird story know oh this was how he created his imaginary paper airplane that he Mm -hmm. flew the world with. it's so funny that i'm using fucking fucking council logic i'm like wait are they gonna do like an invisible writing like lemon they totally did and i i knew it but um I did want to circle back to the the cringe though. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, well, that wasn't my experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I I enjoyed that part of the game, uh, and I thought it fit in very well with it in general. So I I didn't experience any negative reaction to it. It was only positive to that. Yeah, you love the cringe. But I mean, I'm the kind of person who enjoys puns and things. So right. Yeah. Right. You can draw what conclusions from that. that you <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like one of those things where it's like, it's like you like it. That's great. And like I like violently dislike it, which like <laughs> is unfortunate, but it is like almost like, I don't know how to describe this, but it's like it almost adds to like It's your amusing enjoyment. for everyone else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, you hate I, it yeah, so much. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say like your disliking it adds to my enjoyment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so we I think were, the, yeah, the listeners we were trying to remember and couldn't quite get through it. They name of that like cult indie classic that has a lot of this type of humor with like the Undertale. skeleton. Undertale. Yeah. Undertale. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The McCoy Undertale. like fucking hated. 
Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. essentially almost couldn't get through that game because he hated it so much. It's very much like that style of humor. And I think if you the, if you were a person who played Undertale and were like, this is great, this is right up my alley, the two main characters in these this series of games are not going to bother you. If you didn't like Undertale, they're going to bother you. And yet... It, they don't get in the way of like the emotional impact of these stories or like how beautifully written they are somehow. It's like even though I don't love this humor, um, and it doesn't necessarily like hit with me. It, I, you know, I still get what I think these games are intending for me to get out of them. Yeah. Yeah, and it clearly works. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting because it's like, um, it's like that book. I don't even remember, but it was like maybe All the King's Men or something that I read in like high school or something and it was just like I remember like we had a discussion around it and the, basically the premise is like the first hundred pages hundred pages are just like descriptions of like fucking the west or like a road or fucking something and I was just like this is just the most boring shit ever and they were like yeah but like it really makes the like you know the last two thirds of the book like really amazing and I was like yeah but like in the modern world like motherfuckers ain't gonna read a hundred pages and then be like cool so it's like it's like that for me where it's like i'm i i mean we're kind of entering into a world where no one's gonna play these games ever again anyways because someone has attention spans but it's like um but it's like you look at this and you're like i definitely would have left for the cringe for sure before this but having not done that because of a podcast like this that wants to like push me through it and you know, whatever, like, I I definitely gain a lot of value as a result from sticking with it, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, it does come together. It is cohesive. And so, like, that's, you know, awesome in its way. Um, mm. Yeah. Also, for the Undertale comment, Undertale is, like, cringe plus funny, cringe plus happy, maybe. This is cringe plus sad. <laughs> <laughs> but also, fair. I mean, the cringe in this game is, um, it's like it serves a purpose beyond being this focal point of the game mm-hmm. right um like it's it it's the reset it it it's sprinkled in very um lightly to to make as as we were saying like to to make as a break from the emotional devastation but also to make the emotional devastation hit harder yeah. Yeah. You know, because if you're laughing or cringing, then your body isn't like bracing for uh, extreme pain emotionally, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas yeah. um, Undertale is like, uh, like that's the whole point. That's all the jokes. Um, and, you know, your mileage may vary. There are some really funny things in Undertale, though, even if I hate the game yeah. for the most part. Oh, like that sure. race part. I, I, I agree. Enjoyed it. I mean, yeah. there's some really yeah. funny things in this game. The moment where um, Neil like summons a gold suit of armor yeah. with wings, and it's like, I swear <laughs> to God, it's the longest animation in the whole game. I looked at McCoy, and I was like, that's a week of development time right there. Yeah. With so just funny. that scene. So funny. Was hilarious. Like, yeah. there, I, I'm not saying that, like, every bit of humor in this is um, cringy or bad or misplaced. Like, I think, I agree that, like, one of the reasons why this game 
works so well and why I think the narrative storytelling of this developer is so good is because they I think their sense of pacing is really mm-hmm. pretty excellent in terms of being able to like put in some levity or like they have a lot of too they like to break the fourth wall in a lot of different ways. I mean like those really gamey um like putting a fighting game into a boss battle which is like there should, should there's no real reason for there to be a boss battle in this game except for kind of to break it up and like add some humor and break the fourth wall a little bit and be like yeah this is a video game um i think there's even a section where they like address the criticism a bird story got i don't know if anyone else picked yeah. up on yep. that like yep. there's yeah. like some very pointed dialogue about essentially about a bird story's critical reception that i, I like i really enjoyed and i think to me, it's a little bit mind-boggling that a story that breaks the fourth wall so much and reminds you of its like own gaminess so frequently still has a level of immersion, like immersion that you end up like uncontrollably crying at the end. Like that, that um, that may, your mileage may vary. That might have just been me, but mm-hmm. like their ability to reel you in and tell you the story and really have you invested in it while also like it's almost unimmersive right like it's because it it breaks immersion so much and it's it's pic- i mean it's pixel art so it's a whole thing but i don't i don't know how they do that but i find that really impressive good writing yeah i guess good writing good writing yeah. i think the music also has a lot to do yeah with the it music in these well. games is um on point mm-hmm like, especially since, like, with these games, they usually have, like, a certain theme, right? Mm-hmm. Like, in this particular instance, it was the the scale theme of, you know, the duet that Colin would play with his wife. Um, and they play certain renditions of that scale theme, like, constantly throughout the game. And then it's, yep. like, there's a sad scene where they start playing it in a minor chord, and you're like fuck yeah this is so sentimental it's so sad what there's a lot of like (laughs) Like... really detailed like intelligent like use in this case it's about music like Mm -hmm. you're talking about like you're talking about like minors and majors and also like scales and things and like that's like i mean it's not like super insane music theory but it's like clearly like they had like a good level of that but they also like there's knowledge about like planes and stuff there's clearly like depth of knowledge of stuff in here that's like feels strange but you can clearly tell they're they're playing with like this this is they use music and like like the shit that you remember from like fucking a kid and playing violin or some shit you know what i mean like they use that shit super well to just be devastating <laughs> i mean i don't know mm-hmm. yeah that, that's that's what i think these guys are maybe best at and i don't is it just one it's not one per but it is it's one not person. really I mean, one. Per- I think it's one. Right. So I, I so let me Ken quote Zoe back Gow? to her because on the To the Moon podcast like three years ago, I think Zoe said I was like, wrong in that. Okay, one. never mind. <laughs> okay, yeah. do you so want to like, correct the record? Because <laughs> well, I re- I remember the first episode I said this was a one man project. It's not. It's not really. Ken Gao does a lot of the work though. He does a lot of the art. He does most of the writing i think he has like one additional writer that he works in tandem with um and he does the music and so it's usually like him he's like the head person Mm -hmm. and then he has a lot of like people who support him in you know providing additional types of music or like providing accompaniments to the music that he produces himself like but he is essentially the main architect um of the game yeah 
I think like as as Freebird Games got bigger, like I, I think, you know, that he had more people working on Finding Paradise than he did to the moon. And I know in Imposter Factory, you know, he had, um, you know, more people working on it or like, you know, the, the same amount of team working. Um, but it is a very small team altogether. And clearly it's like that after works. his vision, right? Like it's yeah. got to be mm-hmm. like he feels like the consistent thread in here. And, and it, I think one of the things that he both is good at and good at directing other people in his team to help with is just these like um they're not exactly universals but it's like these moments in life that like people can relate to do you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. like they do that a bunch in like the school like there's all these there's in all these games there's what feels like a common experience as a kid you know what i mean something mm-hmm. around like like you know maybe like losing focus in class or like trying to find your seat or like even i mean i don't know not just having friends not having friends <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's yeah it's 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 very like i mean i want to use that you i want to use the word like stereotype but not in like a negative way like in a way that like it's just it's just like a common life experience it's I very relatable authentic, mm-hmm. authentic. Yeah. yeah yeah and i think that uh they've been really good to like do their homework on this as well so it's like maybe they don't personally have experience being a pilot but like clearly they've talked to someone or like read up on it uh because it 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 felt very authentic as well like all of those parts of it yeah i agree yeah and that's what they really do here is they just like give you and 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 by the way the the one that they also really nail is end of life (laughs) they have a lot of authentic (laughs) moments in end of life yeah. Um, another life experience that we can sell to you. Um, but no, like it's, it's brutal. It's brutal. Um, how they're able to connect this in such a way. They also, by the way, relationships, they also do a lot of authentic moments in relationships. Like, mm-hmm. um, when I think what that allows them to do by, by really portraying kind of like universal human themes in very authentic ways, right. And telling kind of very, universal human stories is I, I think it's a very like innate thing for people to in, essentially insert themselves into a story and see themselves reflected in a story whether it's like fully true or not I just think it's something that we're we're good at doing is being like oh that's just like me and so I think it makes it draws you in and makes you connect to these characters and these stories in what feels like incredibly personal ways and then that I think is where they, I might, I would guess it's where they get a lot of their emotional impact from is because I think that you really see yourself in these characters, um, regardless of whether it was your exact experience, there's like just enough there that you can connect to and that you can relate to that it feels very personal Yeah. in the end. Yeah. It, it seeks to tell mm-hmm. like, it's, it seeks to tell stories to questions that we often think ourselves but don't think to, like, necessarily ask on an everyday basis. And I mean that just in the sense that, like, Finding Paradise is a story of, you know, what is it like to be at the end of your life and, f- like, feel like you haven't done enough or you, like, live with regrets? Mm-hmm. Now, what happens when you are allowed to make it so your life does not have any regrets? What does that look like? And so they often like unpack these really heavy questions that I think as the player, or at least as I play it, I often 
start kind of meditating on that in my own experiences of like, hmm, like, like, I don't know, you, you, you go through Colin's regrets and I can think back and I'm like, yeah, there was that one time in third grade that I did do that one thing. Ooh, that yeah, would, that would be that. a regret mm-hmm. on yeah, my thing. Like, mm. and so it really has it thinking almost about my own mortality in oh, a way, yeah. which is like a very scary thought uh, for me personally. And so like then being able to like play through a story like that, um, I guess just, yeah, it's very emotionally hitting um and also plus i think it does an interesting take on this whole idea of an imaginary friend and how like we kind of phase out of these imaginary friends as we grow older or as they say it here like we become less aloof and more like present i guess in our adult lives but they're also kind of showing like what could potentially be lost with the quote-unquote death of an imaginary friend or what that might look like if that imaginary friend came back and you could tell that, like, you could tell your stories to that friend. Like, it all just poses very interesting scenarios, for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I also wanted to point out that uh, thinking about death, research shows it makes you happier. Hmm. Au contraire, but well, I'm sure in the moment, but yep, yep, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think I don't remember what I was gonna say. Never mind, someone else go. Sure. Oh wait, I do. Oops. Um, right. I was gonna say too. I think that James, um, James, you, James, James had the misfortune of like running into us somewhat quite soon after we had played this game. We're like, James, we're gonna misfortune. play. We're gonna play Elden Ring, but we're like really processing some shit so you want to sit there and do it but um james i'm gonna misquote you but you essentially said like kind of like one of the core parts of this like the you know the core question of this game is that like colin is confronting having lived what is essentially a happy life but feeling unfulfilled yeah which is like so many people's nightmares right of like you've lived you've done it right you've done things right you've had everything but you know and so trying to unpack that and i think i don't remember where i was going i just wanted to i just thought james wrapped that up really well i mean he was saying he was terrified to to be there and that that's that's a truly terrifying place Mm -hmm. to be yeah absolutely and i mean like having gone through a pandemic as we all have where we basically didn't get to do anything um for years you know i feel like a lot of us hmm. uh are just kind of dealing with that it's like shit you know yeah yeah what, and i thought what what have i done you know mm-hmm. i remember too so one thing that really worked for me in this game and I guess worked is like not necessarily in a happy way, but that made it very heavy hitting is too. I this game went at the begin at the outset, right? This game appeared to be okay, Colin's not happy, he's going back to fit some fix some regrets. And you're trying to figure out what those regrets are, and all of a sudden you meet this like child what appears to be, right, a childhood sweetheart. And you're sort of like, oh no. Like, is this a story of him regretting being married to his wife and wanting to go back and be with Faye? Like, is that what this is going to be? And then they really take that and just, like, flip it super hard. Um, 
And to me, that like the that misdirection really worked because I I didn't necessarily connect with that part. I mean, sure, everyone's worried that like your partner is secretly in love. Okay, maybe not everyone, but you know, like it, that. Sure, I can under I can. <laughs> under- Elena is worried <laughs> that her partner is secretly in love. No, but like uh, everyone, I I think everyone, everyone can like you can think about that, understand it, but I didn't really see it as being super relatable. But then when they flipped it and you realize that like Faye kind of. At least I read it as being Faye left because he wasn't alone anymore and he had like found someone who he could be with in real life and he was like happy and his life was actually happy and like you know that that whole that that twisting of that of that narrative um uh, to me at least really made it land. Yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm that experience. Well, especially Especially when, um, even before you go, before you even go under into Colin's memories, you know that, uh, Sophia, his, his wife, Sophia, mm-hmm. she is not happy right. yeah. about Colin doing this I whatsoever. Mean, yeah. The fact to me, the, the fact that they were surprised that the spouse of the person receiving the service was not happy was like very weird to me because I feel like every single person who chooses to get this service whose spouse is alive will have a pissed off spouse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because like, that's just saying you weren't enough, right? Just a little bit. I don't, I don't think that's necessarily true. Like I, I I agree with you that it's not 100% true, but like, I, I mean, it's very easy to read it that way. Yeah. I mean, I think if you have a scenario where the person requesting the service can explain what they're asking for and it really like doesn't have anything right. to do mm-hmm. with their yeah. spouse, then yeah, their true. spouse would generally be fine with it. Like in the case of the to the moon one, actually, like just on the surface of that request, I mean, obviously when you unpack it, it's more complicated, but right. like, oh, I always wanted to go to the moon. Like, I don't think. Your spouse would be pissed off that you you don't wanted fucking to fucking let this guy go Fair to the moon. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> You're gonna stay here Fair in enough. this cabin that we point. built, okay? Yeah, no, it's true. I just think it's like I think what I think what James is maybe trying to say is that like they play it off in this game like it's a really uncommon scenario, but it probably would be more common in reality. Whether or not it would be every time yeah. is like yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, I I think they actually do say in the writing though they say like not not everyone is always happy, and actually, and this is also why I asked if you guys played the minisodes, um, only because the minisodes kind of touch on this fact that at the Sigmund Corp headquarters they have a lot of protesters outside their buildings. Yeah. Um, protesting mm-hmm. what they're doing as unethical or unfair um so it's like they they know what they're doing is controversial to a lot of people and i think yeah i, I think even eva mentions like yeah this is this is just what we do not everyone has to be happy we just gotta we gotta fulfill the contract mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that's what we're here to do yeah yeah that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I very point. strongly related to to the white to Sophia in this, in the, especially in the beginning when you weren't really sure what was going on. Of like, yeah, I mean, she she has like, I feel like her perspective was sort of like, this is my life, and I have regrets, but like, this is, I'm I've come to terms with it, and I'm happy with it, and like, I wish that he could too. Like, it's a very sad thing, I think, to have one one part of the pair not be in that same place. Um, 
Yeah, I like, mm-hmm. I, and I think that they did a good job in this game of like navigating that a little bit, or or talking about it within the context of the story. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, because I feel like ultimately, like, and I talked about this, I feel like on the first episode, and it's always been like my thought is like they're trying to bring up the discussion of like so Sigmund Cork does or whatever the fuck does not exist in our universe Mm -hmm. at least yet and so we have to take the more old school in this universe approach which is just to be is to to accept it or else like face like essentially like the pressure of a thousand universes of of regret and destruction and so it's like they definitely have always like brought up that discussion with these games i feel like in this one they got towards the end where they started to actually like spell out their perspective on it, which is that you should accept it and be okay with it. You know, like they, they started to really like say it out loud which is before like, they would reference it, but then almost like support the other side by just the existence of this company. But Well, and that's like really what the conclusion of this game is, is right. what they, they do is they just erase Sigmund Corp. They erase him ever needing this service or wanting this service because it turns out he was fine. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That was hard hitting for me. Yeah, I mean, so I think mm-hmm. so. What was interesting about this game is like, I feel like they they went like Avengers on this game. How do I just let me just, let me explain? Okay. Um, where they were like, you know, like it's you you know when things just like get larger, where it's like. It's, it's like all these video games. It's like MMOs. It's like Elden Ring or something. It's just sort of like, okay, you're fighting, like, boars at some point, and then eventually you fight, like, something bigger. And then eventually you fight, like, two of those bigger things. Eventually you're fighting gods or whatever. But they kind of did, like, one level of that with this, where they were like, this is just kind of a normal Sigmund Corp situation, you know what I mean? Where it's going to be some regrets in life, and we're just going to go clean that up. And I feel like me as, like, the player and the viewer, I was kind of like, I think this is a really cool, like, structure you have, but... And I like I think these games are really well done, but I, I don't know how exciting it's really gonna be to like go do this again because I kind of feel like you. There are more stories to tell for sure, but but to the moon was like so powerful in its like standardness for this, and now like where do you go from there? And they were kind of hinting at that with like oh, okay, well now it's just like he regretted not going with this girl or whatever, you know? And you're just like okay, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be that way. Like they can definitely find something interesting, and then they kind of went like no. This is not a normal, typical, like, Sigmund Corp adventure. Like, something's really weird here. And they went into, like, I mean, all the things we talked about, they went into, like, obviously it's not that. It's the it's the friend, like, or the, the imaginary friend. But then also, like, the, the machine's malfunctioning. It's, like, different. And they also have, like, you know, like, Neil might be fucking with things. And all sorts of stuff added on top. But I, I think it really, like, worked for this game to, like put at least me in like a totally unknown and uneasy place of like where this is going and to have it be totally different and in some ways for it to at least for Colin's story resolve in something so mundane as a as an imaginary friend it's just like so powerful it, it was just so different than what I expected like they really really found a way to make this one different and it felt like because like for instance can the third one just be a standard Sigma Corp story now? Like, no, it can't. Like, because it's been Avengers. You know what I'm saying? But that really served this game where they, they took it further and went crazier and, like, things are going on. And I don't I don't know how to describe that. I'm probably not doing a very good job, but it just, it really suits the story, I think, to, like, 
take it in these crazy directions because it, it just i don't know how they like managed to like totally one-up all of their meta systems of like the sigma core stuff and all that narrative structure that they've been building on this game and somehow end in like a totally relatable natural human story but like fuck like they they i think, I think they really did with this game so oh yeah and it's it's really interesting to see where they'll go for it in imposter factory only because they they have hinted at some stuff um that could potentially arise in imposter factory i think at the very end uh neil's working and i think it's an image of Mm -hmm. Faye that pops up on his hud Mm -hmm. and his coworkers are like is that her and he's like yep that's her and so now there's this big question of, okay, like, A, is that Faye? Is that another woman that he's conjured up? Like, I don't know. It looked like Faye to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's like, you know, okay, like, what is his plan to do this? Like, to do with Faye, if anything? Like, what is his motive? Because, yeah, like, Neil has a lot of really weird moments, I think, in this game. Yeah. What with his headaches. Mm-hmm. Yep. And sneaking around, his coworker hints at something like a certain project that he's doing that he's being very secretive about, and so she, and you know, he's been messing with the right, code the a little bit. It might bit. not even be a traditional machine; like he might have like built it himself, or at yeah, least right? Un- Doesn't the, don't it. they essentially say like his Sigmund Corp machine is like in his office, and whatever they're using right. for this is like super unauth- unauthorized? And then he also has some just moments of like. It feels like his, like, joking persona, the cringe that we, like, talked about earlier, which are fair, like, cringe is my my assessment of what it is. But you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It felt like he almost, like, leaves that persona every once in a while to have, like, a, a more, I don't know, like, you're not sure what it is, but it's something different. He had different. those moments in the first game, though, too. I, you know, like, you know, I think that where <laughs> he, they both have moments where they can be, like, serious or... I don't know what the right word like they have they can have a very different tone like he has some with I think the with Sophia I want to say where you're like oh that's like really genuine and not comedic I don't know how else to say that yeah not like I, I just don't give a fuck what's happening I took that more of like yeah there's all this cringy joking and like yeah there's all of this um humor and maybe that's partially like a sort of a facade or like a defense mechanism for these people who literally are like dealing with death all the time and going through memories and things like that but like underneath it all they are like empathetic people who kind of understand what this is that very well may be true but they're clearly trying to and who knows what the payoff is and it may not be what what i'm suggesting but they are setting up something far larger with him here yeah and so who knows what it will be. I almost want to say it's sinister. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly. sinister. No, I think so. I feel like sinister is a I weird so. word, but it, yeah. ominous. That's probably mm, a better okay. word. There's a very ominous vibe to what his true intentions right. are or just what you know what he's thinking yep. exactly. Yeah. And I think yeah. potentially of who he actually is. There may be, I think there's even hints at like he might be fronting with all this. Mm-hmm. Um that's maybe too far, but I think there's hints at it. And so we'll see how it resolves. But but again, like guys, like that level of like teasing this 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 series, do you know what I mean? Like this this interconnected series thing that's referencing itself and then breaking its own references and patterns and like it's really high level writing. Like 
is it mm-hmm. not? Like, it feels like really high level to me. Yeah, I mean, I I honestly love love the writing. I, I loved it into the moon. I think it pretty much matched on par with Finding Paradise. Like, I didn't find it lacking at all. You know, it is the same writer after all. So I guess you would hope to have some consistency between those. Um, and so, yeah, it'll be just very interesting to see, like, yeah, I think there's just a lot of questions as Imposter Factory comes along. You know, how are they going to innovate off of this formula that they've created to keep it fresh, to keep it new? But but also, like, can they do that without the expense of writing? Can they do that without the expense of, you know, not having as much of a twist at the in the middle or at the end? Like, who knows? Right. Um, that's all kind of going to be left up to that. And I keep on saying trilogy. Like, I'm not sure if impo- if this was meant to be a trilogy or if there was just going to be more in this series right. of games. It feels kind of trilogy-esque um, in the way that they kind of like... It does. In the, the way they paced this, the end of this one. Right? Yeah. Like, it kind of feels like there's a conclusion around the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not so sure. Yeah. Like, you think that they'll do more after Imposter Factory? Well, I mean, I, I mean, guess I this we'll is something we can answer next Imposter week Factory. as well. But, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't get the sense that there is a conclusion. I get the sense that there is a next chapter to this story. Whether that concludes it or not, it's hard to tell in advance. Sure. Right. All I can say is, like, will they succeed is, like, the other question of, like, where they're going is one question. But will they succeed? I can just say that the 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 way they were able to make this game like if Zoe said the words it's as good writing wise as to the moon Mm -hmm. is and it's i think it's like substantially different in so many different ways and yet it still has that like natural like human element to it and it still ends up being like it's so different yet the flavor is you know it's from the same series like the cohesion is there and yet it's Mm -hmm. so different i think that's insanely impressive and for them to be able to do two not just one but two i'm not guaranteeing that they land the third one but like it's not a flash in the pan let's put it that mean, way it's it's like skill i think that them landing the third one is essentially so inevitable that i've considered boycotting the next game <laughs> <laughs> because i feel like three weeks in a row of like full emotional devastation is a lot mm-hmm but you know, well, from out, our perspective, you gotta understand, like, it's like, all right, we've just got back from Elena's family, you know, like from going to Wisconsin, where we were inevitably just looking at your grandparents and being like, we should move here to like be closer to them for this important time in their life. Anyway, so let's just go play the game game this week. Oh fucking hell! Like you know. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's literally devastating. Which I think, like for vague context, I don't know if anyone else in the podcast remembers this. And Raphael wasn't there at the time. We played to the moon, like a, mm-hmm. I don't know, like a month and a half after McCoy's dad passed away. Mm-hmm. And so, mm. yeah, that one was wild. And I, I, okay, so I, I remember sitting there and going to play this game. And in my mind, I went, "Well, it can't be as bad as to the moon, basically," because I remember to the moon being. So- like devastating, devastating. Right, devastating and then we kind of hit the end of the game and i was like no i still got it i still mm-hmm. got it <laughs> yeah it was so funny too because like we were in the living room right and 
tears were being shed or whatever, but it's, you know, it's also hot or whatever, so the doors are open, and Elaine and I often have conversations about whether or not the people outside can hear us, which I am fair, I'm not even fairly certain, I'm 100% certain that they can hear that, but it was funny because we walked out of the building, and there was this person, like, assessing whether or not we should have, like, more lighting along the path, and they looked at you, and then they looked and this, this is like a talkative person that would absolutely talk to us for 30 minutes if given the opportunity. And they, I have never seen someone look so down, so hard <laughs> at their job to be like, because we're going for a walk to like walk it off, you know what I mean? And they were just like, oh my fucking God. Oh my fucking God. And I was just like, yeah, that's confirmation. <laughs> I will also say like, I am a crier. It's just, I've always cried at movies. I have always mm-hmm. cried at books. Like I... I just I feel my emotions through crying. Like it's just a thing that I that I do. Mm-hmm. I have cried watching people eat dog food before. Like That's I right. just I've it is that. a part of my being. So like you don't have to be totally watching terrified. People eat dog like, food. Yeah. Oh my god, eat, eat watching. Yeah, we got it. I respect. So this was um, like a BuzzFeed video. Yep, and the BuzzFeed video was, from like I don't know four or five years ago. And the, basically it was like people try dog food to see if it's good or not or whatever. And basically like what what Elena felt in that moment. She was, say, vulnerable at the time. Sometimes this happens cyclically okay. for some people. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> no, Jesus <laughs> Christ. No, I think that's important. I think that's important because I don't that, think... that's a okay, human sure. experience. Yeah. And that is a human modifier. <laughs> Thanks for that. She was feeling <laughs> emotional at the time. She was feeling emotional <laughs> at the time. And she had this clarity of, like, these people are fucking trying to make it at BuzzFeed and they have literally signed up to eat fucking dog food and that's where their life fucking is. What? And, and she just, just kept saying over and over again, why are they eating dog food? Oh my God. Why are they eating <laughs> dog food? Why? I lost my shit at and this video. And she could feel, you know what I mean? Like, you Shout could... out to Keenan if Keenan's listening to this by any chance. Keenan, I think, was living with us at the time. Like, we had a roommate and I was just like, I, fu- I fully lost mm. it watching people eat dog food. Yeah. Um, which is to say, like, not everyone's going to have the same extreme emotional, like, experience as, mm. as we did doing Heaven Play this game. But, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think you very well could. This is one of those games that it's like, hmm. I feel like everyone has, like, a different amount of maybe response, emotional response to something like this. And it's one of those that there's a window of like a reasonable amount of emotional response that people are willing to take and it and it varies. Maybe it's a threshold, you know, that people have for themselves. Not that they set, but rather that just is innate to them. Um, and maybe they can work on one direction or another. But basically like I imagine for some this is so devastating that they are destroyed. And for others they were like, that was beautiful. You know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. like that's like the range. And so it just depends on who you are. And this is one of those things where it's like, I understand this game having a trigger warning way more than a lot of games I've seen with trigger warnings. Because I'm like, this could destroy someone. And obviously all those other games can destroy someone too. But I can just see this myself more. Like I can see like, oh yeah, this could destroy me. Um, And so I think if you're a fan of these series, you hopefully understand that. And I don't know, like, but... Are you prepared for emotional devastation? Trigger warning, emotional devastation. Exactly, literally. You will feel feelings. Yeah, like... Like, it's not like trigger warning, like, some specific life event that happened to you. It's like trigger warning, life <laughs> is referenced in these games in a bunch of different ways. And it's going to fuck your shit up. Um, so, I don't know. In like, a beautiful way, though. Yeah, but that's the thing, right? If you like that experience, if you like that, then it is beautiful. Absolutely. Um, 
And I think it can be beautiful for some up to a point where then it crushes their soul. You know what I mean? So that's Mm -hmm. like a personal decision at that point for people. But yeah, like totally. Like feeling the melancholy of life is a beautiful thing and also devastating. You know what I mean? But that devastation, it's like it's important in life. It's just it's just about can one personally handle it in that moment and do they want that? You know, it's hard to it's hard to I was talking to this like meditative guy and he was just like well, actually, you know, it was fucking one of my dad's friends when when he was in the hospital, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just like th- like my dad and him used to always go back cuz they were called roommates. Shout out to James. Um but uh mm. they would always go back and forth on whether or not like being more present in the moment is worth it. Cuz my dad would be like, "Yeah, like that sounds nice, but it sounds like you're just getting hurt way more by everything." And basically allegedly this guy just like spent like 20 years meditating on that and came back with like, "Yeah, I'm I, I don't have a good answer. It is just, life is just devastating me. <laughs> but, but he's like, but I think it's worth it, right? And so he was trying to explain that of like, it's hard to, it's hard to, to look at a game like this and be like, I could play Elden Ring where I feel like a god and I destroy other gods and I've just been crawling up Mount Olympus, right? Or I could emotionally devastate myself, <laughs> right? <laughs> And some people are down for that, right? Like, if you think about some people, you know, like, I, I like I think, like, Gabe was one of the people that told me this. He's like, you know, when he's feeling sad, he likes sad music. He kind of leans into it a little mm-hmm. bit because he likes that and he feels like it. I mean, I don't know. He would be a better one to describe it, but I think he, it feels important to him and it feels like it. You, Gabe, write in at tyranny of thumbs at gmail.com. Yeah, write in. Let us know what you think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't just write in our Discord like, yo, you talked about me again, you piece of shit. Um, well, it is important to feel your feelings. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it always depends. Like, I know for myself, it's like I like watching emotionally devastating movies. Like, people will be like, you you don't want to watch this. It'll fuck your shit up. And I'm like, you know what? Today I'm going to fuck my yeah, shit up. Today I'm going to feel something. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do try to take care of myself where I'm like, I'm going to socialize with friends. I'm going to work out. I'm going to be hydrated. Okay. And now I'll sit for the evening and watch this really sad movie by myself. <laughs> but at least I know I'm good going into it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, and like, and like, it's definitely beautiful. Like, and, and powerful and important. The thing about, it is good to feel your feelings, but the thing is like, that's the whole trigger warning discussion, right? Because for some, the actually like what's pent up is so intense that feeling it could just destroy you. And so like for us, it was like, all right, we just got back to like fucking normal life. And then it's just like so cool. Like, I guess we'll just spend all of Sunday in a daze. <laughs> just like, fuck, <laughs> fucking hell. And then I'm sitting there like, it's just like, yeah, it's crazy. It's really crazy. And, and that is a truly impressive thing to be able to do. And it's truly beautiful. And I thought the execution in this game was, I mean, it's top notch, I thought. But, wow. Like, it is it is interesting to think, like, we literally just pressed the button on devastation in our own life. You know what I mean? We just, like, nuked ourselves basically, emotionally. Um, and that's kind of what it is. So I, I feel like people that are fans of this series like to, like, nuke themselves emotionally. Um, and okay. <laughs> Well, this is the very beautiful sad games block, so just prepare mm-hmm. yourself, I suppose. Yeah, I was like sitting there and I was like, wow. 
I love the idea of blocks. But sort of like as Elena was like, we should boycott. Three weeks in a row is too much. I was like, wow, three weeks in a row of nuking our emotional state is an interesting experiment that I guess we are under now. <laughs> I, I think this was the argument I was making too. Is like different games are different and it can be a lot of one type of game if you block mm-hmm. them up. And so there's some value to like, to our own well-being to mix them up. Mm-hmm. It's good to experiment. I, I agree that like the block though may be a, a better like presentation experience. But it's but also like in terms of the game's presentation to us, like in this one, these feel mm-hmm. like you wouldn't play them all back to back to back unless you were like unless you were like like Zoe preparing for the marathon, right? She had just exercised for the whole weekend, right? Was to herself and she was going to go for like three, the three piece, you know, she's going to go for like the back to back to back speed run. Um, but yeah, yeah. But I feel like a lot of other games though, like th- this, I guess what I'm trying to say is this, th- this be different, yo. That's what I'm saying. It's different, but it also in some ways is really exciting too, because like, it's going to be super fresh when we play this third game. And we're going to get all of the references super mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see where they take it. Like, so it's, I don't know. I'm like mm-hmm. excited cautiously for nuking my emotions a third time. You know what I'm saying? I feel like we're going to have to use the Zoe strategy. <laughs> we're going to need to do everything on that checklist. Socialize, exercise, hydrate, mm-hmm. play game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Make sure you have like something lined up after you're completed with the game to like recover. James, you're going to be on speed, but speed dial. You did great last time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. I uh, I watched McCoy play Elden Ring because I still can't play video games. Um, and I made sure that Elena ate dinner. It's true. James <laughs> at one point was like, have you had food yet? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There we so go. Get yourself. James will be the. <laughs> yeah. Care. Like an emotional support James. <laughs> And then you can play this game. <laughs> oh, James, the present voice of reason. All, All right. right. Yeah. Go. We good to yeah, rate this? Yeah, I think so. Um, I'd like to, before we rate, call out that last week we forgot to make Zoe go last because it is her block. And that was the rules that were set out probably um, unintentionally. But I think we have to follow them now. So Zoe has to go last this week. Okay. I'll be quiet. All right. Elena. I'll go first. Oh, perfect. Go for it. I am going to abstain from voting because <laughs> I don't think my experience with this game um, was, I mean, like, I I experienced the buildup. Yep, but not the release. And that's it. Got it. You and, that. like, that's not, that's not the experience this game, like, delivers, you know? It's like, I, I just, I can't, in, in, in 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 fairness give, give this game a rating i think yeah. um i enjoyed my experience with the build-up yep but james is somewhere not... tied up emotionally being feathered still to this day <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> emotionally um emotionally. also i don't think yeah. anyone could truly have the level of devastation that would have happened if you had played this game alone and you're both feeling incredible emotional pain and also your hand is hurting you at the same time and you're just like my world is ending <laughs> from all sides like maybe that's too much yeah um i'll, yeah. I'll go next i'll just volunteer what elena's looking at me weird go for that no go feel free to just make more distracting faces that was one <laughs> God damn it. nailed it nailed it yeah um I don't know, man. I like when I first started playing this game, 
I felt instantly transported back to how I felt at the end of the first game, which was both emotionally devastated, but also like really mad at all the cringe shit that they put in the way. Cause I, cause okay. I know everyone has said, and maybe it's true that it's good this way. I, I do not think you need to have levity. I think it could be, I, I, I would be okay with, and I think creatively and narratively you could have an exclusively like poignant game right i don't think you need to be funny i don't think you need to like have the the back and forth like but it does create comedic timing for sure like it like it's not saying it's bad to have it there i'm just not saying it's necessary um and specifically the type of humor that is at the beginning of this game i was like this is fucking terrible and i resented playing it and i was like not looking forward to playing it and it's just it just was awful for me but i feel like that really faded away after like the first hour and it took i think it took me on like a real adventure where i think it it absolutely captured my attention and absolutely like played a really i think interesting and deep and beautiful story that that i was all for and was insanely beautiful i thought so i don't know like when the game stopped getting in its own way from my perspective, do you know what I'm saying? Then it got to show me like its other side and I thought it was just insanely beautiful. And I don't know. I really actually really liked it to be honest, like a lot. <sighs> I wish I had actually thought of a rating before I started this. Cause that was like really great. Um, but like, I don't know, man, it's, it's up there, man. It's, it's a really powerful, really well done thing. Is it a gold star? I don't know. Like, I want to protest the first part, but I think this, I, I, I thought it was, I thought it was amazing. I really thought it was amazing. Like, I don't know. I think it, oh, this game really fucking is this quality and you don't often see such emotionally like powerful stories. And it made me think of so many sad things and I, God, so I think it, I think it, I think it might be a gold star actually i think i think it is i think it's that level of quality and i think it got there for me Boom. yeah i feel very mm. weird saying that considering how much i fucking hate some of the characters in this game but but it's just the ending hit man and it hit so beautifully so yeah do you agree with that elena what do you think am i going too far or are you passing to me sure okay um yeah, I mean, I disagree with some of your points. I, I actually think, look, I am not a writer, so I don't actually know, or like a storyteller in any way, but I, I think that you do need some form of levity in a story as poignant and sad as this is. Same thing to the moon. I don't necessarily like the um, punny style of humor. It's not my, it's not my shtick. It's not my thing. Um... I do like the fourth wall breaking that they put into this game. I did like the whatever you call that when the guy puts on like crazy armor. thought that was great. So I, I did like that. And I, I also don't think, okay, I'm going to like really nitpick your critique. I apologize. You went right before me and then you called on me. Go for it. Um, I also don't think this game oozes quality to me in some ways. Like, I, the you know, the pixel art style of this game is fine. It is there. It is not my favorite thing. Um, I don't find anything incredible about it. 
the I actually played a lot of this game, you guys. The controls are not great. Um, there is input <laughs> lag and the pathing. I now understand yeah, yeah. what you guys were talking about on the original To the Moon episode. Everyone was bitching about this engine and like how the pixels don't really fully reflect what's actually on the ground. You get stuck on like plants and things. That is accurate. Um, so there's a lot that I feel like kind of on like the surface level holds this game back. And yet, I think that the storytelling and writing of this game is so masterful that all of that fades away and it is able to tell its story in an incredibly effective way and lead you on the journey that it wants to lead you on and tell what I think we kind of all talked about is like this really authentic, relatable human story that kind of forces you or like has you like grapple with you know big life issues like what is it to be fulfilled in life and what is happiness and um what kinds of regrets we all might have and kind of like think about mortality and in, in a way that um like for me was emotionally very impactful but also was really beautiful and I think is something that I'm going to think about and like take some things away from you know, kind of like Raphael said that, like, you know, thinking about de- research shows that thinking about death makes you happier. And I think I remember that about To the Moon, too. That, like, these are games that, at least for me, having now played two of them, have really stuck with me for a long time in a way that obviously not every game does and not every game needs to. But I think that that's just the power of this storytelling, um, which is all just to say, it, like, I think for me too, like we finished playing this game. I think I was like essentially in like the middle of the end of this game. I was like, well, that's a gold star because pretty much any game that can make me feel as deeply devastated as this game does, I think has something really special to offer with its storytelling and with the story that it's telling. So yeah, I, I think it's a gold star for me. I'm going to remember this one for a long time and I'm going to kind of digest just the overall just just everything yeah i'm just gonna i'm gonna digest it for a while so okay quick quick question uh-huh. is it possible that the art style and the pixel art style of this game being you know what i mean like pixel art in general just like low resolution mm-hmm. being just like low resolution like that is it possible that that allows us to to create more in our mind for the characters because so much less is like exactly spelled out do you know what i mean it's like it's like pixel art is just like, like it in, evokes like, a person but it isn't you, like, really insert a person. yourself even more that, sort of and maybe it, so are you talking sort of about like the effect like when you read a book how you're like visually imagining the characters and you're saying like maybe pixel art to a lesser extent like because not all the details are there you can kind of fill them in in the same way yeah yeah like the animations are so like for instance if you took this and you were like bro i gave you 10 million dollars for animation budget it's like you could get these animatronic chuck e cheese characters faces to move in like other 3d games like they do and unless you are absolutely the best at that it's like weird uncanny valley but here it's like they barely move but i can feel like them and i can feel what they're feeling and i can feel what their face is doing even though it's not doing it do you know what I'm saying? I actually think this game is, like, very little about faces and uh, most... I Yeah. 
I think this game could have been done in a lot of art styles, not all art styles. I think, mm-hmm. like, but, you know, like, you put this story in a Firewatch setting, and I think you've still got a Gold Star game. Um, I, this story made by Supergiant. Yeah. I was thinking about Pyre, too, right? Because it's kind of, Pyre has a similar, like, text-based storytelling. Um, I think, and but I, I don't think it holds this game back necessarily but like this game's not going to be winning best visuals and that's okay it's not really what it's here for mm-hmm. but i yeah i think that if they had i they i don't know i don't know how to say it it's like both not like knock against it and if they had gone like firewatch or like super giant games or like there's right there's a lot of like really super beautiful indie games that you could have done this with um they think would have been also nice i don't know that's like such a lame way to wrap that up but well, I think even within the pixel art space, they actually, although I, as I talked about with To The Moon, I'm like not a big fan of the overall mm-hmm. style. I think they did do a really good job of just like those those emotes, I guess is how I'd put it. Like the way the character like moves down a pixel mm-hmm. to just be like, they're, they're like their shoulders relaxed and like they're a bit downcast. Like they, they time those out and they do those really well. Yeah. Um, I agree. It, that is very Pyre-esque, too, where, like, even with very minimal movement, they manage to make the characters emote things. Mm-hmm. Mm. I do know that there was an animated short film of To the Moon that got greenlit and was being produced. I don't know when it comes out, but I think it would be very interesting to, like, go back and watch that like watch that story in a different art mm-hmm. form and see yeah if it hits the same way or if there's like maybe a like a sort of magic that it's crazy lost. you talked about that on the other podcast and i remember sitting there and being like yeah i can't wait for this to come out and i still can't wait for it to... is it what like i don't know <laughs> it, it, it might be out quite honestly i really just haven't checked on it i guess yeah. I don't know. Well, while someone side Googles that, Raphael, would you like to give your your rating? Uh, Sure. So, I mean, I guess I I talked a lot about the the limitations of the engine and the art style for To the Moon. And I think that it's really all the same for Finding Paradise on that front. Um, They maybe bothered me slightly less this time around. in the sense that, like, I got a bit more used to it. Um, and I guess there's maybe a bit less of the orb hunting uh, that To the Moon had, where, like, uh, and I guess there's, there's still some backtracking, which exacerbates the, like, random collisions. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the the writing, though, I think... It has the same like base level of quality in terms of the authenticity of the scenes that they're conveying, um, but I think it actually improves onto the moon in terms of like the the interesting things they do with the story. Uh, I made a kind of parallel with to the moon to um, one of my favorite books, uh, Use of Weapons, and it is almost funny like in retrospect because the the spiral story that finding paradise have, has is actually way closer <laughs> to nice. uh use of weapons although use of weapons is spiraling in the other way uh, so you start in the center and 
uh, go out in both directions. Um, so that was that was kind of cool playing this. I was like, oh wow, this is really close. Um, and I think overall that like format actually uh, delivered things a lot better for me. Um, that being said, I, I I don't think I had the level of emotional response to the game that like McCoy and Elaine are describing. Um, I thought it was an emotional game, and I thought it was a beautiful story. Um, but I I guess the impact to me was more like in the the interesting commentary about the idea that uh, adding an opportunity can actually detract from the overall experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um which is something I've I've been thinking about a bit more recently um, in my own research on like what does happiness mean to me and uh, how I want to live my life, and so that was it was interesting to to see that like play out in a particular way in this story. Um, where does that leave my rating overall? Right. Uh, so <laughs> I think like to the moon I, I gave a, a two thumbs up and. I definitely think Finding Paradise is better. I'm not sure it's actually a gold star for me, though. Right. Um, so I think I'm going to give it another two thumbs, but very solid. A better two thumbs. We'll, we'll note that. <laughs> <laughs> two better thumbs. Mm-hmm. More beautiful thumbs. Perhaps stronger thumbs. <laughs> That's going to be our side project, the tyranny of thumbs, and then there's going to be more beautiful Is that like thumbs. our, like, cash grab? A T.O.T. side project. Is that like our cash project. grab fucking, like, makeup line? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's going to be our only oh, thing. Oh, shit. <laughs> the beautiful thumbs. God, what you can do with thumbs. But it's, okay. only, it's only thumbs, though. Only like, thumbs? Yeah. Only thumbs. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. You know what's actually really funny is I have really fucked up looking thumbs. It's one of those things that, like, people don't know about me. You can know me for a long time without knowing this. But then the second you see it, you're like, what the fuck is wrong with your thumbs? I never knew about it until McCoy sent me a reference photo mm-hmm. of a thumbs up. And I looked at his photo. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. What's really, what's really funny, thumbs. you guys, is that straight up, like, I actually think all of your thumbs look fucked up. And mine look normal. <laughs> and that's how I've lived my entire life. And god damn it, I'll keep going. Like, <laughs> it's thumbs are pretty weird. Yeah. That's yeah. Fair. They're a weird mm-hmm. body part. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Well, uh, only thumbs. We'll let you know um, when that's going live. Yeah. <laughs> please subscribe. Yeah, please okay. Yeah, please. please. All right. But anyway, I guess we'll. I'll. I'll close this out here. Um, I mean, I, I. I really liked Finding Paradise. I thought. I mean, obviously, it's. It's a beautiful game with a beautiful story to tell, and. Um, I did say like at the beginning of this podcast that I thought the pacing of the story was a little off for me. Um, but I think that shouldn't detract from like actually how the story hits as a whole. I think maybe I was also playing it during a moment where I was feeling maybe a little bit more impatience that day than normal. Who knows? Um, that being said, like I think this was a beautiful successor to to the moon i think it did the series justice it doesn't kind of suffer from that sequelitis that a lot of game titles have where it's like oh will it be as hard-hitting as the very first one will the will the story beats hit will the twist hit as well and 
Finding Paradise checks all the boxes in terms of that. They still they still kept it true to I guess like the Sigmund Corp series as a whole, but also they introduced some new aspects, some new questions um, that really got me thinking. Um, and it's very beautiful. It's a very emotionally devastating. You know, if you want to have a good time, a bad time, I don't know. It really just depends. I guess I'm somebody who, when I consume melancholy content, um, I don't necessarily cry. I, I do think about it often, um, but I kind of think about it with like a slightly like, uh, I guess like, I, I don't want to say happy like outlook, but it's just like, I don't know, it just makes me grateful and appreciative for what I have, I guess. And so maybe Raphael does have something to say with this article about how thinking about death makes you happy. <laughs> like, it just makes me more appreciative, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think I'm going to land probably the same rating that I gave to the moon, actually. Um, I think it's a strong two thumbs. Um, it doesn't quite hit that gold star for me. Um, and I, I'm not quite sure why, because it's a very beautiful story. Um, but I just feel like um, there, there's just a certain formula in my head of what makes a gold star game that is missing um, for a game like that. Um, so I'll stick with a very, very strong two thumbs. Like, it's like two thumbs that have worked out and they've like pumped some iron. So they're like muscles. And they'll be appearing on only thumbs? Yeah. You definitely want to see them. So. Oh, fucking hell, dude. Yeah. Yeah, check them out. Oh, exactly. look at these fucking they, dirty thumbs. They've got six packs <laughs> and everything. Like... Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, these ones aren't dirty, McCoy. They're buff. Well, those ones were buff. They're oily, but, you know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll oil them up just for the only only thumbs. But anyway, this is getting weird. Yeah. So wait, 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 wait. before we end, I just, I, one more last thing I wanted to say is like, it's just I will say about this game, like for me at least, like it. Oh, okay, sorry, two things. One, there is an alternative version of this game that you can get that allows it in full screen mode if you have a higher resolution display. Yes. I waited way too long to say this tip, but fuck me. Um, now that you've heard all the spoilers <laughs> for the game, you can see this big on your television if it's small. Okay, sorry, that's important. Um, <laughs> But the other thing was just that so much goes on and so many threads of stories are happening and, and swirling between this, that, and the other. And I think the purity of, of human that it ends on, you know what I mean? Like just where it all, what actually matters when all is said and done is just such a pure, beautiful thing. And I just feel like, hmm. goddamn. Um, so I just wanted to say mm -hmm. that. Um, but cool. cool. Yeah. Indeed. So will Imposter Factory do the same? We'll ask you about it next week. <laughs> will Elena I'm be here? Nobody well. knows. <laughs> yeah, Elena was literally there, like in a in our beanbag chair, just like crying over this concept. I don't want to be emotionally devastated next week, but I can't let you do it alone because then you'll be even more devastated. And it was just like, yeah, it was unfortunate. And then our neighbor again looked down. So you know. And that's the levity that we bring to this scenario, right? Right? We bring levity to the <laughs> podcast in a way, so then maybe it is necessary. Yep. Um, all right. Let's get out of here, shall we? Sweet. Yep. All right. All right. Let's go. Bye. Also, shout out to the people who noticed that my heater went on halfway through and I had to jump out of my chair to turn it off. You did great. Those are the real fans. <laughs> <laughs> Respect.